Welcome to Add Passion and Stir. This is Billy Shore. We are in Santa Rosa for the second year and the second day of the Chef Cycle ride. And I've got three guests here today, Krista Anderson. Krista, we're thrilled that you are here. You're here from Portland, Oregon. That's right. That's right. Yep. Um, and we got you, Mangum, who is here from New York City. Yes, indeed. Uh, and Ed Doyle from Boston. Ed, hey there. To have you with us. Uh, you know, on Add Passion and Stir, one of the things that we talk about a lot is the fact that chefs and restaurateurs are so committed to literally sharing their strength to impact the world in positive ways. And you three, I can't think of better examples because you're out here in Santa Rosa, long way from home, doing something that most people would say is like the most grueling thing you could do, this three-day, 300-mile ride. I was listening to one of the riders behind me today, and that's a rare occasion that there's a rider behind me, so I was pretty excited about it. But um, she said, um, she said, you know, this entire ride is again, it's just like, it just runs against my instincts. My instincts are to stop when something hurts. My instincts are not to do something if I know it's going to hurt. Um, but it's kind of a, a special thing. And what I want to have each of you do is, uh, and I'll start with you, Krista, tell me a little bit about both your involvement in the food world to begin with, and then how you got engaged in community, and then how that led to being engaged in Chef Cycle. Awesome. Um, well, I've got a pretty extensive restaurant background, but it's been about 16 years since I've been in a restaurant. And currently in Portland, I work with New Seasons Market um, in prepared foods, retail environment. It's pretty fast-paced, uh, a lot of competition, a lot of uh, pressure to innovate. Um, so it's no two days are alike, um, but it's it's an incredible company to work for as far as the people and what we do within the community. And we donate as much as we can to hunger relief in the com- in the community. And the the way I got involved with Chef Cycle was uh, just a random email. I must have been on some email list, and Mary Sue Milliken sent something oh, yes. around in January of 2016. And I've been a cyclist for a long time, um, on and off here and there, but for the most part, it's it's a passion for me. And when I saw that and going from Carmel to Santa Barbara on a bicycle, I couldn't imagine more beautiful scenery. I'd never done it before. Um, it was very daunting, um, but I decided to commit to it. And um, so I guess in February, I started, I said, yep, I'm going to do it. I signed up and then started to work on it. And I think having a May deadline. Portland weather is not terrific in the winter and having to work that hard um, off season, so to speak, for cycling um, was, it was incredible motivating. And um, it was a lot of fun to raise the money for it because people are kind of in awe of the distance and the commitment to it and hunger relief. I mean, it's, it's almost a no brainer. So Um, that's been my involvement. And um, then we have a larger team now in Portland because it's quite a cycling community. And last year it was, or I'm sorry, in 2016, it was just myself and Chris Minow from Portland. And it's like, that's crazy. There are so many people in Portland. We should really rally the troops and get a bigger team and get more people involved. And and so we did. So last year um, we started Team Sack Lunch, and this year we're back again with that team. And some of the faces have changed, but for the most part, it's just been a blast. How many riders? 
about 12, wow. 12 to 13. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Ed, do we have that many writers from Boston? No, not for here specifically. Not for here, but you've recruited a lot of writers as well. We have uh, become I mean, you, the you, Pied Piper of convincing people to make bad decisions. Also, yes. <laughs> tell, tell us about your business and how you first got involved with Share Strength. Sure. Uh, I mean, I've been in the restaurant business for 35 years, and now I own a food service consulting company, I guess in our 15th year. Uh, but, I mean, I go back to OFL sure. when I was a much younger chef to be able to see the immediate impact of engaging in the community and really focusing on something that I, I didn't think could be as impactful as it was uh, to be involved in such an uh, effective program was incredible. Uh, so, you know, obviously, I don't think it's a chef that isn't touched by Taste of the Nation anywhere around the country. Mm-hmm. And, and um, being part of that was fantastic. And now to be able to align, you know, a passion for supporting such a great cause and, and my passion for cycling as an avid cyclist and a racer and and to be able to see people from Boston that you know <laughs> we've convinced to do this who have never been cyclists guys like Tony Moss and Matt Jennings and to be able to pull them into this and see what it has not only done for their passion for the cause but what it has done for their own lives is yes. just unbelievable yes um yeah they I mean they're if you know them, you'll know that they have totally transformed, transformed uh, physically, yep. yes, and I think mentally yeah. as human beings, just because of Chef Cycle. So Ed, this is your third Chef Cycle ride. Third Chef Cycle, and Chris, yeah. it's your third. Yep. How about you, Megan? This is my second Chef this Cycle ride. Second. Yeah, I, I was brought into the fold last year, actually. Um, so my story with food was that it was my second career. I was a drummer in a rock band, touring for ten years. And went to culinary school and did the rounds in New York and then fell on some very, very bad financial times with my wife and kids. Um, During the housing crash, lost everything and went completely bankrupt. Started Mighty Quinn's out of my driveway on a pit smoker that I was taking to Brooklyn in a flea market. And then we were able to open up our first brick-and-mortar restaurant in the East Village. And that was five years ago. And now we've got 16 Mighty Quinns uh, globally and expanding still. But um, more so was that I was leaning into cycling to get healthy again because I had gotten really unhealthy. And Sarah Jane Coulihan connected me with Adele. Sarah Jane is my manager. She works for uh, 212. And she knew how much I was into cycling, and she was like, you've got to connect with, with Jason Roberts and Adele Nelson about Chef Cycle. And this was like three months before last year's ride. And I was already doing New York City food and wine, so I was already doing things for New Kid Hungry, but it just I never knew about Chef Cycle. And it just sparked something in me that I, you know, Seamus Mullen will say, you know, you can lean into your happy. And, and mm-hmm. I get to lean into my happy to do something amazing, and it's – you know, Mighty Quince has given me a voice, uh, and No Kid Hungry and Chef Cycle has given me a purpose. And it's it's like the most amazing thing to be able to nourish people and, you know, be on task. And I think as chefs, as people in the food industry, we're all very uh, like-minded, in, and we like having our, our lists, our prep lists, and our to-do lists, and crossing things off, and to have a task and or to have a goal and a target, whether it's the ride or your fundraising it's um, it's really amazing to wake up every morning with another sense of purpose outside of yourself. And I've heard great things about Mighty Quinn's. Have not been yet. Tell us what makes it so special. What's the secret sauce? Uh, it's just it's all about the love. It's all <laughs> it's all about the love. It was, it's my dad's recipes, mostly family really? recipes. Yeah, and um, you know we were the first uh, you know wood all wood fired smoked barbecue in New York City. Uh, no gas, no electric. I was literally tending fire. Uh, every 20 minutes on the pit, not sleeping at all, sleeping on a lawn chair in the in the office, which is what got me unhealthy. My partners won't like to hear that, but no, they they, they actually have been really supportive of of us and Chef Cycle and No Get Hungry as well. Yeah, the riding got me back into being a healthy 
you know, healthy, active lifestyle, and Chef Cycle has kind of given me a reason to lean into that even more. Krista and Ed, you both started out with restaurants, working in restaurants uh, directly, and now you're working on something really broader that, in Ed's case, consulting, in your case, kind of the community um, market that you've got. How did that transition come about? Um, it's a good point. Um, I've, I worked in a restaurant that was pretty fabulous, um, but at some point it, it, I needed to take a break from it. And I took a summer off and, um, reconnected with a friend who we had been on a, a panel discussion, um, trying to think of what it was. It was probably, I mean, it was food related. And he said, we're going to be, we're going to be hiring a store chef for our, our fourth new seasons market. And when you're ready to have a real job again, um, come, you know, come say hi. And that was almost 17 years ago. So it's, it's such a different world. I think we, um, you know, grocery and food production and, um, they don't always mesh. They're very different businesses. Um, but it's been incredible to be so supportive of the local community in a different way and, and feed people in a different way from restaurants. So we're, you know, we're open from 8am till 10pm. There's no, downtime really mm-hmm. Ed, how about you well i left my last real job as i call it where i was director of culinary operations for the seaport hotel and world trade center to open my own place and my partners and i were going to build a building on a wharf uh, on the waterfront in boston so we knew it was going to be fairly daunting from a permitting point of view so i did what every other out of work food service executive did and declared myself a consultant <laughs> and we worked on that project for uh, two years and then finally gave up on it for a host of reasons that clearly the permitting was never going to happen. Uh, and at that point, I realized that most of the people that were consulting in our space were really just short-term employees. So um, we decided to build something different, and here we are 15 years later. So. Yeah. Real food consulting. Real food consulting. Um, I would love you guys to paint a picture for our listeners of what the ride is like. Just you know, help people visualize it who aren't here. Ed, you've done it three times now, and uh, you actually ride effortlessly enough that you get to look around and see things. Yeah, I don't know about so, effortlessly. Um, <laughs> tell, what's the ride like? I mean, the ride is challenging up, down, literally up and down. But, you know, you have those moments that are you feeling great. You have the moments that you're like, how the hell am I going to finish this? But the coolest thing about this event is to see people that are avid cyclists, see people that are not avid cyclists, people that show up and say, my longest ride so far has been 30 miles, and everyone pulls together. Right in a highly competitive world we live in in the restaurant business to see people that are challenging each other, supporting each other, helping people get up the hills, literally helping people get up the hills. It's an amazing event, and it is physically challenging. It's mentally challenging to be sitting here on day two talking to people about being exhausted. And great, we're going to do it again tomorrow. Um, it's great. It's really it's inspiring, and it is motivating, and it's certainly physically demanding, but it's an awesome cause. Chris, I think you were saying that people are impressed by the notion of 300 miles, right? That like gets people's attention, and they want to donate and support it, and and most of them probably aren't even imagining the hills. They, you know, no, I think most good, of us now really feel like we point. could ride 300 miles, you know, without breaking a sweat if there weren't the hills. Yeah, boy, that's a mental challenge. Like, I mean, obviously physical, but just the keep going. I'm not going to walk. 
the a hell? lot of it's mental, isn't it? it? Is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Gravity yeah. can be a pain in the you know what. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, describe yeah. a little bit, uh, you and Krista, describe a little bit about your, your day out on the bike today in terms of what you saw, what it looked like, how it felt. I mean, I'm just, you know, today, day two, as as last year was, is like the day of flow. It's just, it was awesome. Um, we're going through vineyards and these beautiful roads that are undulating where you're, it's not effortless, but there's just this flow happening where you're you're literally taking in scenic routes that that you won't see anywhere else in the world and and you're amongst your peers and and everyone's just kind of looking at each other like are we really looking at this right now it's truthfully uh, you know today's there's not as much climbing so it's a little bit more of like a not a relaxing day we were still going real fast um how how fast were you going well uh, we finished in four hours and eight minutes i think uh today so we 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 so you were back here like by 11 oh yes we we, we, we were yeah and and largely because there was jeff and uh phil guyman and adam pulford were on the front drilling it and we were all just holding on for dear life but ed and krista were you guys riding at that pace no I we're a little bit off so. that. We're a little bit no, off that. I, yeah, I think we finished a little after 2 o'clock. So, again, team members are at varying levels of and uh, of just experience with it. And, um, again, one of one of our team members, um, the longest ride before Chef Cycle was 75 miles. And so he blew that out yesterday. And... Um, but I think everybody was feeling a little better today, so it was it was just more fun to to hang out and like be leisurely about it. So we did took we took our time. But and, and I think either way, whether you're going fast or or taking more time, it's just there's still this kind of amazing euphoric sense of what what you're taking in, and we all support each other. And there's no like there's no goal to have to be the fastest necessarily. Right, it's it's right, a race, right, really. Right. There's yeah, no it, prize for yeah, the only race is to raise the raise the funds for <laughs> for Chef Cycle. I mean, that's the only thing that like that's the end game. That's, yeah, that's the competition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, right? but yeah. I mean, it's yeah. such a sense of community. Yes. I mean, out on the road, yeah. whether you're passing people, people are on your wheel, you're on their wheel, you're holding on for dear life. I mean, it's yeah. it's just an amazing sense of, of everyone has yeah. arrived. Yeah, right. And it, it's a cool thing. Yeah, and what I think one of the things that I really want to speak to is that I think you know, and, and Jeff and Jason spoke to this last night at dinner we're all in the food community but when we're on the bikes we're we're sharing a passion outside of work and it you know you can really kind of just let your hair down so to speak and and be yourself and we've created lifelong friends i think you know there's a lot of us who we maybe wouldn't have met without this suffering yeah (laughs) suffering creates lifelong friends well yeah i think one of the coolest things is in the restaurant business especially at the highest levels of the restaurant business, showing weakness is something we all fight, right? I mean, it's like you're the boss, right? You can't not know, you can't not be sure, but here, everybody seems comfortable with that moment of weakness. So there's a vulnerability. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yes, yeah, right? Yep. It's just yeah. built into it. And, and, and we all have a moment where we get shelled off the back or, <laughs> or we bonk or, or whatever it is. shelled off the back? Well, you know, example today, the last climb of the day, you know, we were all riding together. And next thing, you know, I'm fighting for dear life and I'm seeing them all go you're up the road. And I'm basically, yeah, no, I got that feeling. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you're, I'm having that moment in my head of like, maybe I should take up golf, you know, <laughs> but I get to the top of the hill and it's all good and you know we're, we're back in it you know well, then there, was a, there was a yes. sharp little incline yes right where that fence was you turn right and then there was and then emily ryan one of our staff people was at the top of that hill and just as i got to the top she said uh just one more and i was like one more what, what? i was under the impression that that was the last hill i was like one more what yes yeah, so um, those last couple of climbs yeah. were punchy but yeah. that was also the area that we were going through a lot of devastation with the fires 
from October. And um, I think, you know, having to look around and catch your breath wasn't a bad thing. And just taking it all in and seeing just, you know, like a a fireplace and black trees was pretty sobering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's sobering. And then uh, on the on the flip side of that also just, you know, the amazing community in Santa Rosa. Mm -hmm. It's like another added sense of purpose to the ride. You know, we're that we brought several hundred people here and helping their economy. Yeah. And and, and it's just the community here has just been so supportive of this ride. And today, I don't know if you guys saw there was kids like that was amazing. That was awesome. School. There must have been sixty or eighty kids out there. Yeah, came running out. Yeah, Yeah. I mean that that was a moment that I'll never forget. That was this so amazing, so cool. That reminded me of when we finished in Santa Barbara and that field or the at the hotel where there were all these kids that were gathered together. That was special. And it was high fives and cheering, and it was pretty emotional. That was that was quite the ending. So just kind of reminding us, you know, why we're all here. And we were saying a moment ago that um, this is not just physical, that it's mental, right? That you've got you've to kind of be pushing yourself and have some mental grit to it. And I'd love to get your sense of what that's like, because I feel like one of the lessons that I've learned from Chef Cycle is that, you know, we're all capable of more than we think we are. And I think that's true organizationally as well. I think that's something that I've tried to share with my colleagues at Share of Strength. As an organization, I think we're capable of more than we think we are. But it takes a certain type of... Uh, you know, mental toughness, I think, to get up some of these hills, not just strong legs. How do you, how do you think about that? How do you define that? What's it like for, what are you telling yourself when you're, when you're having that moment of doubt, like, am I going to get up this thing? I I mean, me personally, I, I tend to think of people like Adele and Jason and Jeff and, and Adam Pulford, who I, you know, who's been coaching me now. And I, I think like, I don't These want the various writers here yeah. and our staff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, and then I also think of, you know, the kids that we're raising the funds for and, you know, what it says to, to just get this done. And, and I don't mean get it done in the sense of like, I don't care about it, but get it done. Like I got to get to the top of the hill because giving up is not an option. Right. right. You know, yep. it's just not an option. It, it just isn't. There's too many people that w- would be let down, including myself. I, I, I couldn't put my head on a pillow tonight if I didn't make it up that hill. You know, I feel grateful that physically I can do it, even though mentally it's really challenging. And, um, you know, if I'm zigzagging up the hill, I'm still going to get up the hill. It's yeah. it's it's a tough one, though. Yeah, it's it. I I find climbing a hill is the most mentally challenging thing, because it's so easy to say I'm just going to take a break. But once you unclip, that climbs over. Yeah, right. right. So to be able to say, you, you really know what, can't I can get, get back on. on a, you want to go back down hill. the bottom and do right. it again? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got to have your momentum. It. Your momentum is gone. <laughs> but I mean, even just the the idea that. Why did I stop? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I still got to go up. So just keep going. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one of the things that resonates when you talk about uh, the importance of not stopping or we're just going to have to go back, you know, we're, you're on a hill and if you don't get to the top, you're just going to have to go back to the bottom and start again. Um, that is, I'd say, much the way it share strength. We think about the work we're doing with childhood hunger because kids are in the same position if they... Uh, slide backwards or if they don't if you don't get them over the hurdle then you're starting with kids who need everything all over again so it just feels like there's a a real lesson in chef cycle that way well you talked about it on the hill today you know (laughs) so you have this massive effort to get up the hill and you're like oh i'm at the top and you go over the top and there's another challenge in front of you so what are you going to do sit in the the swell of the of the downhill or are you just going to keep riding so i think you just need to recommit and just continue to move forward because otherwise you're not going to get to the destination 
I think, you know, actually that sense of commitment is one of the things that's probably distinguished the No Kid Hungry campaign. We were we worked in a community, a chair of strength, where everybody was in favor of feeding kids. Nobody was willing to put a stake in the ground and say, we're actually going to end childhood hunger. We're going to hold ourselves accountable mm. to this. It's not going to be easy. We're going to, you know, we may not hit all of our marks, but you can trust that we're accountable. We're not going to point the finger at anybody else. It's It's on us to get this done, just like with the ride, right? Nobody else can get you to the top of the hill. <laughs> yeah, right. Good it's, point. It's on you. Good point. So that's been kind of a distinguishing factor for us, and I think it served us well. Well, and speaking to like a personal thing, I'll, I'll really bring it home personally, which was when in 2008, when we went through losing a house after buying a house in bankruptcy, the only time that I was present and not worried about getting a call from the creditors or you know, the, the, the lawyers or whatever it was, was when I was on the bike going up a hill. For some reason, going up a hill, you are present in that moment. Right. And whatever your journey is, no matter how long it takes, no matter zigzagging or straight up or fast or slow, at that moment, everything else goes away. You're fully it's engaged. You are, you're, yep. Like Eckhart Tolle says, you are present and you are egoless. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. that's a really, that stasis is a really wonderful place to be. You yeah. know? And I would say selfishly, not even when you're on the hill, but just this whole ride, you know, you're kind of in a bubble for three days. You mm -hmm. have a reason not to return emails and you don't have to deal with, yes. you know, Isn't all it kind great? of household chores and it's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. liberating. It's yes. pretty great. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's really nice to disappear onto the island that is known as Chef Cycle. Yes. Um, how do you guys train for it? Just ride lots. Just, just time, in the, time on the bike, time in yeah, the saddle? Yeah. In riding hills as much as we can. We have a fair amount of them around us, so. Yeah, I feel like I was already riding a lot, but now my, my focus is more on volume, which is what I typically wasn't able to get with my schedule. And um, now, you know, Adam has me riding, you know, I'll, I'll do three hour days, four hour days and trying to increase my volume. Uh, but mainly, yeah, just keep riding and keep on the bike and it gives you a reason to ride. It's a great excuse to get out on your yeah. bike. And now you've doomed us with this East Coast thing, right? I mean, yeah, cause otherwise we'd all be getting East fat ride, and drinking so. beer next week. But you know, now we got like another four months of training. Yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. And we have no excuse that we, we can drive there. You exactly. Know? <laughs> Yeah, it used yeah. to be when this ride ended and I shipped my bike back and they said, like, when do you need it by? I was like, oh, when you get it to me. <laughs> I, I want to look at it. I don't want to see that thing for a while. But now we've got a ride coming up in Charlottesville, Virginia, mm -hmm. September, late September. I think 18th. Which I think is going to be yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be so amazing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Ashley, Adele said yesterday that the hardest day here was the easiest day there. That can't be true, right? So, well, the, well, the, I'm the, just the, telling you what I heard. It's lots of up and down. It's a lot of up. Yeah. Yeah. So, Billy, I mean, certainly there's a lot at stake here, and some people would ask, why don't we just write a check instead of going through all this cycling and effort? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, people don't send money directly. <laughs> you know, uh, we're asking people to send money all the time, and it just doesn't happen. And I think, you know, the, the, the idea behind Share Our Strength is that everybody's got a strength to share. Everybody's got something to give. Uh, you might be a cyclist, and you might be a chef. You might be both. But uh, whoever you are, there's something that you're good at. There may be a lot of things you're not good at, but there's something you're good at. And that can be transformed and leveraged to help other people. That was the idea. And so when we created Share Our Strength, we had this notion, and it was, you know, um, it was just a, a vague sense that a lot of more people would get engaged if you asked them to do something that connected to their passion, as you were talking about earlier. You know, cycling connects to a passion for all three of you and so you're here now we could have you know written a, 
uh, an email to everybody who's here today and ask them to contribute a certain amount of money. But you'd also lose that kind of networking effect of each of us reaching out to other people in our network and saying, support us, we're doing this very hard thing. So I think it's, uh, um, I, I think our problems um, are, are too complex to be solved just by writing a check. And even if everybody had responded, you'd still miss the opportunity for people to really understand what the No Kid Hungry campaign was all about and to see it and to talk about it with each other and to have this community that is that is formed here. And if I may add to that, I just would like to say that, you know, share our strength. There's strength in numbers. And numbers are community. And a community is going to be a we, and we is always stronger than I. So yes. that's yeah, the big force multiplier. Excellent. Absolutely. One of my teammates did a Twitter campaign, and if this gets retweeted a certain amount of times, then the company that he works for would donate a certain amount of money. And there were some comments back, well, just write the check. But then you don't have that that spread right. the word. I mean, that's that's the beauty of Twitter, I guess, is you know, it gets it out there. Cause, it takes a village. Yep. And also, Chef Cycle has brought in more new first-time donors than anything Share Strength has really, ever done. Interesting. Really, that's Each amazing. year it brings in something like, because of everybody reaching out to their networks, mm -hmm. each year it brings in something like 4,000 new first-time donors who we obviously stay in touch with and right. follow up with, and some percentage of them will stay actively committed with us. So I think that's the other reason is it just has that you know um, networking effect. It is mm -hmm. such an easy ask. Yeah. 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 I don't think anyone that I have asked has said no. Agreed. Right? I mean, you, you explain the cause. You explain to them that you're not nuts doing what you're going to do, and they happily sign up. And then again and again and again year after year. Um, you know, the other thing that's struck me about this is in a time when it feels like our, you know, our country is so divided and dysfunctional in so many ways. One of the things I love about Chef Cycle is we have people here from lots of different backgrounds and lots of political, different political viewpoints. It's not like being in Cambridge, Massachusetts right. or in or New Portland. York City or Portland where everybody <laughs> thinks the same. Yeah. But there is that, as you were talking about, there's this kind of like unifying sense of we're doing this, you know, we're putting kids first. We're doing it not just for ourselves. We can overcome whatever differences we have to help each other. And it's, uh, I love it as just kind of a little microcosm of the way the country should work. Yeah, yeah. It's, a pretty, it's a pretty nice distillation of how things should work. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that I'd love your thinking on, and we've talked about this a little bit about Share Strength. So we have 200 some riders here. Uh, it's kind of a fraction of a fraction of the industry as a whole, if you think about the food and restaurant and culinary community writ large. Um, so one of the things we're thinking about is not just like, how do we build the biggest ride possible? And in some ways, we wouldn't want to lose the intimacy of what we have here. I don't know that we'd have as much fun with a 1,000 riders as we're having with 200 riders. But uh, is there an opportunity to create other types of activities? Some chefs or restaurateurs or joggers. They're not all you know bike riders. Uh, can we be a vehicle for helping. It's almost what we you were saying a moment ago about some of the, the mm -hmm. changes in some of the riders that you know in Boston. Can we be an organization that helps uh, chefs and restaurateurs uh, help themselves and get healthier so that they're in a better position to help others? Is there an opportunity there, do you think? I think one of the words that you just used that it really strikes me about this event is the intimacy of it, right? I mean, it's, I've done a lot of events from the PMC to, to what, you know, B2B. And this is a small event with 200 people where you are engaged for 72 hours with the same people. Um, and that's really special. But I do think that having a cause that people can 
tie a passion to a passion is a really great thing. So, I mean, how do you tap into those other things that people love to do, whether it's running or, hell, playing cornhole? I mean, if you can find a way to get it to work for people, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. What do you guys think, Krista? Yeah. Agreed. I mean, we there are a lot of charity rides and walks and things like that, certainly where we are, and I'm sure they are in Boston and New York as well. Um, but I think this is just that kind of cause that it just – people can latch onto it so easily and uh, you know i think the it's it's got great talking points it'd be interesting to see what what could come of it and 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 play into other like you said not everybody's a cyclist but people There's have a lot of about passion the ridiculousness of 300 miles yeah, yeah three, so three you'd days. have to put some sort of what would that be in for a runner right, right. i don't so know it's seriously challenging but at the end of the day achievable yeah and i I think a huge you know maybe not uncharted but uh, a territory that like you know i think east coast and west coast chefs there's kind of um we all kind of roll in the same circles a bit and i think like some uncharted territory and or waters that we could kind of look into is trying to activate more in the middle of the country that's a good point yes you know more in the in the wisconsin's and you know the the utah's arizona's the square states square states exactly (laughs) but you know down to the south i think that you know maybe it's even a ride in colorado or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. but i think that there's a lot of activation that we can as chefs and as participants and as champions for the cause um, you know, we can do a lot of outreach on our part now to try to activate more people into the fold that maybe are out of our network and right. bring them into the network. And how, do, how maybe it's something more entry level. Maybe it's a one-day event. Maybe it's something that's easier yeah. for you guys to execute, yeah. easier for someone to dip their toe and then step up to a yeah. bigger event. A yeah. one-day 100-mile or even. Right. You know yeah. I mean? Because right. we're kind of limiting ourselves by the number of people who are willing to sign up for 300 miles, yeah. as you said. Yes. It's kind of ridiculous. Well, and on top of that, it's also, you know, on, on No Kid Hungry and Chef Cycles, you know, uh, on your logistical sense, a one-day event potentially in those places a lot is a lot easier to manage in terms of there's no, you know, logistics for lodging and or, you know, the, as many people need it. And then engagement for the time. I mean, chefs are so strapped for staff and mm-hmm. everyone's bumming for, you know, how do they yeah. run their restaurants when they're not there for three days. When if they do the one day, they're signing up for the three days. Like when, once, you're, once you're in, that's it. You're, <laughs> you're in. You know, you're like what's next for each of you in your own field? Start with you, Krista. Um, that's a good question. I think you know, there's no question. As I said earlier, it's retail is is tough. It's, but I think my passion has um, beyond that been with connecting people with farmers and distribution of food on a more local, like how can we be more efficient with smaller vendors and local farms and getting it to where it needs to go um, a little more efficiently and not having a million deliveries at our back door. And, you know, how can they be more of a, a centralized distribution for, for the small guys and, and allow them to take care of their businesses and not have to be delivering all the time. So we're working on that for sure. Very cool. Yep. And you, how many Mighty Quins are there going to be? Oh, a million. Uh, no, we uh, we actually are currently, my, myself, my two partners, Christos and Misha, we are just going into the phase now, beginning to start franchising. Uh, so we're doing a franchise model going outside of our immediate area. So we'll be branching out uh, soon. And as well, I'm starting a new show, or I'm participating in a new show for Food Network, which is filming in the fall. Which called? Will, uh, as of now, the working title is Firemasters. Okay. 
So that's pretty cool. Very yeah, cool. That'd be congratulations. Cool. Should be should be a good time. So there'll be other people from like yeah barbecuey. Uh, well, it's it's going to be I, I think along the lines of a, a chopped meats Iron Chef model where there's you know the judges and one of the judges on the show and then challengers will then once they win two rounds or a round we're, are then going to challenge the judge Ooh. to a battle at the end. Oh wow! Ooh, I like that. So, okay. Yes. So that, that's that's all the info I have. Um, I'm currently saying that before I've actually signed the contract. So. Hopefully they won't uh, take that away from me because I'm, you know, going against it. But no, it should be good. We're foaming in. And it's September. all wood-fired chefs. I will tell you when it happens. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I it just came through in the last uh, couple of weeks. So <laughs> filming in the fall. Uh, Doyle, what's up next for you? Well, we're continuing to grow our team out of the Cambridge office and starting to open more regional offices. So just expanding our reach and trying to do it right. But how many? Di- how would would you estimate how many different? restaurant groups have you worked with well, it's got to be a very big number right now we have about 45 different contracts currently operating and i don't know how many i mean we're got to be three or four hundred restaurant groups and restaurants that we've worked with and if you have to generalize what are you helping them with the most oh get out of their own way <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean it, it it is it it's a business of passion and passion sometimes clouds vision so, so, but I mean, like when you go in, what so do we'll, you, we'll, I mean, half our work is design do? development work and half our work is operations and the operations work can be starting a new concept from the ground up. It can be it. doing financial evaluations. It can be helping get people to be a little more efficient and put more money to the bottom line. Got so it. it's all customized solutions. So it. it's a really bad business model. It's not really like cookie cutter <laughs> and that's, that, that's, but it's yeah. what we love so to do. There so. aren't efficiencies of yeah, scale. There are no efficiencies of scale. <laughs> um, well, the other uh, two things I kind of want to know from each of you is, uh, since you're veteran riders and veteran chef cycle uh, participants, um, next time I'm in a room with uh, 45 chefs or restaurateurs or 400 or 500 um, giving a talk, what's if I could use your voice, how would I recruit them to chef cycle and the No Kid Hungry campaign? Community and fun come to mind. Um, and, you know, I look forward to seeing the people every year. And uh, it's so well supported. We're so well taken care of. And it's for an incredible cause. And I think we've seen that as hard as it is, um, if somebody's willing to do a little bit of training, you know, almost anybody can ride, right? They may not come in in the beginning of the pack, but they could do this ride. It's right. it's doable, mm-hmm. yeah. as, as daunting as it seems. Yeah. I, I think I would look, I, I would present it two ways depending on your uh, your audience. The, the first way, which is the, the nice way, is saying that, you know, it's, <laughs> It's not an easy ask. It's an amazing challenge where you're going to meet amazing potential lifelong friends and be a part of a community of giving. And, you know, giving is, is the best way to live. And it's an amazing vacation from from work. Um, on the flip side, for some other people, I would say that there's no way you can do it because that'll challenge them to watch. I was going to say that. Yeah, I was like, going to say, like, you know like, what? I'm not even going to no talk to you about way it. You, can even, you can't even handle thinking about this. And <laughs> they'd right. be like, okay, now i got to do it. You know? <laughs> totally. Well, you know, on the, on the second ride that was in, um, I guess it was Carmel to Santa Barbara, and I think we went through the Salinas Valley. Jesus, oh my hot. God. It was 100 degrees. <laughs> that was a day in hell. It was hell. unbelievably hot. And one of the things that kept me going is my wife was calling me. I had my iPhone mounted on my bike. And Rosemary kept calling. And, of course, I couldn't answer because I was huffing and puffing and riding. And, um, you know, I was riding with Tom Nelson, who also works at Share Our Strength. And Tom's about 68. Um, and she called up and she said, uh, when I finally returned a call at lunch, she said, 
uh, Jason, who has been you know one of our our ride leaders, um, Jason Roberts. Uh, she said Jason's called the ride. Uh, it's just too hot. It's too dangerous. It's up to almost 106. Jason's called the ride. And I said, What do you mean? I said everyone's getting off their bikes. And she said, no, he's called the ride for you and Tom. So it <laughs> <laughs> was ever a way to get me back on my bike, right? I mean, that was it. I was like, it was, I think it's the only time in my life I've hung up on Rosemary. And I was like, okay, I'm back on the bike. There you go. So, but and yeah, meanwhile, there was he was ducking his head in that ice water bath. Right. Well, I was doing everything I could. To, I could not cool down my body. Yeah. Core. It was, it it was, was a hard. tough day. It was brutal. It was I remember we were riding days. with Christopher Myers, and we stopped. You guys had all the great trucks out on the road with the extra water support, which mm-hmm. was awesome. And we stopped on the side of the road, and he was not looking good and we rested for a little bit and then he got back on his bike and he rolled away from the truck and i said to him dude i thought you were going to sag it and he said i would have sat in the woods for three hours before i got in that truck <laughs> i am finishing this ride J- jason said that christopher christopher, christopher myers. myers yeah yeah well yeah, and, so and a point to jason i mean you know to give you an example of the community and, and the friendships that are formed i mean you know jason is somebody who i would not have met had it not been for this event and and for this charity and he lives all the way in Australia. And he literally, he and I were sending each other video messages literally every single day for the last couple months. And it was, you know, it, it was that type of thing that on a day where I might have said, you know, I'm going to go easier today or not maybe do my plan that's sent for me. I was like, you know, Jason sending me messages of him standing in his driveway wearing his kit with like, you know, crazy superhero music. I'm like, I got to get on my bike, you know. Like, so the point is, you know, we've all made these friendships, whether it's in the same state or across the country or in different countries. And it's a really, really amazing testament to what you've created, Billy. It's amazing. It is. Well, we've got you know, a lot of amazing people who have said, yes, I'm willing to share my strength this way. And I think tapping into that has been and getting, getting out of the way in terms of what you just mm-hmm. said, you know, just letting people shine by um, their own talent and their own strengths has been very important. Uh, last thing I'd love to cover, um, and it was something you said, Krista, that got me thinking about it. You, you were talking about, um, first of all, we were chatting about all of those kids who were out, the school kids today, cheering us on, and then the kids that we saw in Santa Barbara yep. uh, on a previous ride. You talked about the emotional power of that, which I think is that's what really makes this real. And one of the things we always struggle with is how do we create more opportunities for, so I'm in, you know, every other week I'm in a school somewhere with little kids seeing how their breakfast is served, stuff like that. Not everybody has that opportunity. How do we create more opportunities to connect people to the issue itself and to really see how kids lives are being transformed and i have been lucky enough to do that in portland two different times to i mean not every week unfortunately but to see that impact is really cool and i i don't know what that would look like for your organization if that's possible to because it's so worth it 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 just puts it right in front of you yeah i think we've just got to find more ways to do that because then then you're done selling and marketing. It's mm-hmm. taking care of itself. You know, people see that. But even hearing um, the principal speaking the other night at dinner. Yeah, you know, yeah. Hearing, good hearing point. Firsthand stories of the successes yep. and how it has changed not only his life, but obviously the lives of all the kids that it's touched. I mean, it, it's it's so easy to lose sight. Um, and just to have those personal moments where you can hear people saying, this works. Because yeah. we know it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think on a on a macro level, you know, one of the things when when I was up in Albany and we, we were speaking to the legislation about, um, you, you know, breakfast after the bell. And was, yeah, this was a group of chefs who and restaurant owners who were talking to state legislators yes. about passing this legislation. You were lobbyists for a day, in effect. exactly. Which was personally one of the most amazing experiences of my life because I re- I realized, you know. 
what kind of impact we can have because these mm -hmm. people are used to seeing people that come up in, in suits and ties that they're they deal with on a daily basis but for us to come up it, it resonated got their attention them. it really got their yeah. attention um, and you, and and you weren't the, being paid to do it, right? No, it's different it, when it's not a paid lobby. It's somebody who authentically cares. Exactly. And one of the huge points that kind of came up was, you know, these kids, and, and I have a lot of employees that are, are single parents, and, and their kids are, are huge beneficiaries of Breakfast After the Bell. And one of the points we brought up that really resonated was oh, these kids that we're feeding are the future workforce, and they're, the, they're basically our future. And if we're not nurturing them, which is what we as food industry people do. You know, we're, we're here to nurture. If we're not nurturing these children, we're essentially not nurturing and sowing seeds for the future. And, and where are you going to find the employees that you need exactly. a generation from now? Yeah, exactly. Doing that? Yeah. So it, it's, it just, it's, it's the long game, you know? Yep. Well, you are all uh, so incredibly passionate about your own work and about your commitment to Chef Cycle and the No Kid Hungry campaign of Share Strength. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Krista Anderson from Portland, Oregon. Just like really a treat to have you. And thank you. thanks for riding three times. Yep. Incredible. And Hugh Mangum, Mighty Quinns. Keep it going, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, and Ed Doyle, my uh, buddy from Boston, who's thanks, sir. kind of my, you know, um, volunteer riding coach who I, I'm always <laughs> asking questions about where to ride and how to ride. There um, you go. Thanks for being uh, with us. Nice to be here. I'm yes. Billy Shore. This is Ad Passion and Stir from Santa Rosa, California our fourth Chef Cycle ride, but our second here. Thanks for listening. Add Passion and Stir is distributed by District Productive. Our senior producer is Carrie Thompson. Our executive producer is Peter Ogburn. Add Passion and Stir is the creation of Billy Shore, Debbie Shore, and Paul Woody Woodhull. I'm Billy Shore. You're listening to Add Passion and Stir from Share Our Strength.